Hello and welcome to episode two of the Pro Football Network Miami Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Matt Infante, and I am joined by PFN's deputy editor and really the heart of all Miami Dolphins coverage here at PFN, Adam H. Beasley. Adam, the, not, how not are just, you? Did you think we'd make it to two episodes? Not just here, but globally, I thought. Oh, glo- wow. Wow. I'm surprised your head fits on my screen here. I've had to shrink it. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so you, uh, well, you know, since we last spoke, right, there's been a lot that has happened over the last week. Um, and I guess the, the first thing I want to talk about here today is this, this idea, and it's not an idea, it's happening, that the Miami Dolphins offense is struggling in, in practice. The first team offense, specifically. Let's put the preseason game aside right now, talk about the first team offense. Joint practice with the Atlanta Falcons last week. The team dates back to the team scrimmage, really, which is now two Saturdays ago. Um, what have you seen from that first team offense uh, over the last eight or nine days so far that has you concerned? Funkiness. Like, just nothing is natural. It feels like if they're not hitting a deep slant or Tyreek, you know, taking the top off, top off the defense, they're just not functioning. Uh, they're getting very little push in the run game. Maybe one out of four, one out of five runs are, are decent runs. Um, and they're banged up, man. Like, you, you take Jalen Waddle out of that offense, and it's going to – it's going to struggle, but they had some issues before he got hurt anyway. So uh, it's weird. Certainly not time to panic yet, but uh, it's got to get better. I mean, we're four weeks off from the start of the season now. You want to see some progress. You want to see the the very least lining up and getting the snap off on time and not having procedure penalties and knowing what the snap count is and um, doing the basic stuff right. Uh, what's weird is like individually, I think the offensive linemen are doing a solid job. Eichenberg was fine in the game. Austin Jackson was fine in the game. Uh, we don't see a ton of Tron Armstead in practice. You know, Robert Hunt will never not be fine. Connor Williams had a rough camp. Let's be honest. I mean, he has not been great. Um, I don't know if him, him missing the spring has impacted his play, but he has not had a great camp. But regardless, like, even though individually the offensive line really shows some promise, collectively they just can't, can't seem to get it together. I think there was another six, seven sacks Today, today is in Monday. I was, you know, we're taping this Monday afternoon. Uh, another six, seven sacks in practice. Look, if you want to be convinced that Jalen Phillips and Bradley Chubb and Christian Wilkins and all these guys are going to have monster years, just watch a Dolphins practice because they dominate that line, snap in, snap out. I, I kind of gave Austin Jackson an out today because, uh, you know, we we're talking to him and I was like, uh, do you kind of feel like, you know, you go up against these guys every day. That's as good as you're going to see, right? There's not going to be many front sevens that you're going to face worse than this or better than this. I'm sorry. And he didn't take the bait. Uh, you know, he basically just said we got to play good and we get up our game. And yeah, these guys bring out the best of us, but um, didn't say, oh, we should be fine against the Jets because we handled the Dolphins, you know, defensive line one out of every five snaps. So, no, no, I, I wouldn't. I, if, if you're, you know, the scale of one to ten. 10 being losing your mind and panic and one's not an issue. I'd say it's a five or a six, but you give me a, like if they they get their butts kicked this week in Houston, then I'm going to really start sounding that, the alarm. That's the alarm bells right there. Right. Yeah. You, 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 you get beat up by the Texans and join practice uh, where your starters are losing to their starters. That would be a concern, but I'm going to tell you why I am not concerned. My concern level is, is, is less than a one. Okay. Um, and I think that there's this, kind of um, discussion on Twitter about, you know, should you panic or not about what we've seen so far from the first team offense. 
And here's what I would say. The last time we saw the first team offense in its entirety with Tua last year in the regular season, the last two games, they were not bad. Okay. So I know the California trip wasn't great. Then they came at Buffalo. They put up 405 yards of offense, 29 points. Uh, first half against the Packers, they put up 20 points and 270-something yards of offense, and then Tua may have been playing concussed the second half. And since then, the offense has – they returned all their key starters. Yeah, okay, no Mike Gusecki. Um, I think you upgraded with your third and fourth passing, uh, you know, receiving options with Robbie Chosen, Braxton Berrios. I don't know, you know, Gusecki wasn't involved as much as – he would have liked last year. So I think you upgraded at the very least you return the same talent level to a near elite offense from a year ago. So I'm not ready to panic yet. Um, first, 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 of all, bit, first of all, give some misrespect to Mike Kosicki. Okay. No, I, 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 I love Mike Kosicki. At this stage in his career, he's a better player than Robbie chosen. There's no doubt in my mind he is. Right. But okay. Is Braxton Berrios going to be a better contributor? Uh, you know, a, a better fit for this offense than the Trent Sherfield was, right? As the third receiver. I don't know. Sherfield um, had what five touchdowns last year. I mean there's he did. Pro, there were pro, there was productivity from that spot as well. Uh no, I I disagree with you here, Infante. I think this offense has a less top end talent at the receiver position. And as I wrote today, they're more susceptible to disaster if one of their top two gets hurt. Uh and the reason I I say this is uh Tyreek Hill today was an all pro. In practice, he was incredible. I think he had five catches for 110 yards or something. The story, the, the numbers in my story. Uh, but Tua didn't look anywhere else. Like he had one completion all day today to someone not named Tyreek Hill or Robbie Chosen. And that was to Eric Ezukanma. And it was a one yard bubble screen that went nowhere. Okay. So he is so reliant on Tyreek right now. So reliant on, 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 on this is the guy that's going to get us going, which is, you know, you should rely on your best players. Tyreek Hill is going to the Hall of Fame. He arguably is the best player on the entire team. I mean, with, with, with all due respect to Jalen Ramsey, we don't know what he's going to be when he comes back. But, yeah, you want your best players to, to make plays like that. What concerns me is that even Tyreek Hill can be covered. If you dedicate enough resources to, to shutting down Tyreek Hill and shutting down Jalen Waddle. That means the likes of Robbie Chosen and um, and Cedric Wilson, uh, River Craycraft, and Braxton Berrios, they're going to need to win one-on-ones, right? Uh, if, if teams feel like, all right, we can double Tyreek, we can double Waddle, and there's nobody else on this offense that scares us, that's a real problem. Yeah, I, I don't think that's fair to say, though, because you have you know, Jimmy Wilson and Raheem Mostert are, are options in the passing game. Devon A-Chain will be involved in the passing game. And I just, um, I'm not ready to hit the panic button yet. Like you said, this week, Houston, if we find out that the offense is not moving the ball against Houston's starting defense, okay. M- maybe my, my panic level goes up above a one, but I'm just not ready for it at this point when you're in training camp. And we don't know how much they're experimenting. I, I don't know. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but people have said who have been there, before Waddle got hurt, there was a lot of cases where Hill and Waddle were not on the field together, perhaps to, to get more reps for the other guys. But that won't be the case in the regular season as long as they're healthy. Okay, They, they uh, will be on the field together consistently. And, you know, the, the experimenting and the mixing and matching will, will be done at that point. So I, I'm just not at that level that you clearly are, are at and kind of escalating to. 
Well, I, I said five or six. It's not, you know, sound the alarm. It's uh, we're a week and a half now straight of the offense looking bad. So, yeah. uh, and I, and one quick rejoinder to you. Um, every team is experimenting right now. It's not just the Miami Dolphins who's having this crazy course, idea. We're right, going to see right, what right. we've got and maybe try some. And that's the kind of the uh, the, the the Mike White uh, answer when I asked him. 0 for 3 in the red zone. Well, we don't really have a red zone package right now. And we're, you know, it's preseason, all that. Every single team can say that. The preseason, what you know what the preseason tell, shows you and joint practices show you? No scheme, man versus man, how do we match up, right? R11 versus your 11, we're not going to fool you. We're going to do the same things that, you know, our vanilla-based offense or vanilla-based defense. And we're going to see who has the better talent and the better discipline. And right now the Dolphins are over two. Not saying they don't have a lot of talent, they do. But putting it all together, their their vanilla versus Atlanta's vanilla, one of those ice creams was spoiled. Okay, and so yeah, I'm I'm not going to lose my mind over the preseason game. I do think that there are concerns at the quarterback position that we can talk about. But I've seen yesterday, notwithstanding. By the way, I wasn't at practice on Sunday, and that's when Tua decided to throw three picks in practice. So uh, even me t- there. even me taking that practice out of the equation. I have not seen nearly enough in the last two weeks that, oh, man, this offense is going to light the world on fire. Do I think they're going to be able to score points? Yes. You have Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Tua Tungavello, who's an accurate quarterback, Raheem Mostert run the football, Jeff Wilson. You're going to score some points. It's inevitable that you're going to score some points. But what they couldn't do last year is consistently possess the ball. Yep. They could not hang on to the football. They had a lot of five or six yard, uh, play drives. Either that five or six plays would result in a punt or a touchdown. You need a team that can get you a 10, 11 play drive because no matter how much talent you have on defense, if they know, hey, we just got off the field after this 10-yard drive, we held them to a field goal, it took six minutes off the clock, we played our butts off, we hung in there, and oh yeah, our uh, offense goes three and out and we got to go right back out there that's going to have a, a wear down effect on your D. So no, I, I do think this is going to be an explosive offense. I think they're going to, well, again, come close to leading the league in yards per attempt, all those things because they have two really dynamic players, assuming they're both healthy, but that alone isn't enough for a functional offense. You need to be able to pe- possess the ball and not just, you know, be a home runner, a strikeout offense. Yeah, no, that, absolutely. Um, th- th- there's no one that can kind of argue the point that last year th- they could not sustain drives, right? That, like you said, that that's they were big play or bust seemingly um, more often than you would like to see. Um, so I guess I, I want to segue now to you, you touched on the backup quarterbacks. You talked about Mike White in the red zone. You wrote a, a column, which can be found on profootballnetwork.com slash Miami hyphen Dolphins. Uh, wondering aloud if the Dolphins should be looking outside at backup quarterback options because of how underwhelming they have been so far in camp and in preseason game one. Um, before I tell you why, I think that's a, that's a bit much. I, I, I will let you have the floor and kind of talk about kind of what you've seen from the backup quarterbacks um, and the competition and, and why you feel the way you feel. Well, let's just take the 30,000 foot view of this. No one, I think, back in March and April when this plan came together for this quarterback room was like, wow, they really nailed that backup QB position. Like, the, 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 no worries now. Like, yeah, Tua, who is, quite frankly, one of the most injury-prone quarterbacks in football, um, he if he goes down for a month, no problem. We're good. We've got 
insert backup here, Jameis Winston, uh, Andy Dalton, any of these long lists of veteran backups that are, you know, bouncing around. uh, They didn't go and make any effort to go and get one of those guys. They went and got Mike White, who had one incredible game in New York, one pretty solid game, and that was it, right? And you see flashes of Mike White, but to me, I would have felt a lot more comfortable back in March or April if they went out and got year 13 vet who you know isn't going to – he's not going to light the world on fire, but you know he can get you through a game, maybe two games if he has to. I have those concerns about Mike White. I think we kind of have an idea about Skylar Thompson uh, because the issues that we saw in 2022 remain in 2023, most noticeably processing speed, making good decisions. Uh, He's got all the athletic ability in the world, right? There are throws that – he's the only dude in that – in that room that can make some of those throws, but he's the only dude in that room is going to try some of the throws that he tries and it gets them into trouble. And he had, I think five possessions on, was that Friday night, Friday night, uh, five possessions and three of which ended in turnovers, including a pick six. So the point of my column was this, is we kind of should have seen this coming. Um, They were hoping that one of these two dudes would just, Hey, the, you know, pixie dust from Mike McDaniel gets, you know, dropped on their heads and all of a sudden that, you know, they, 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 they grow up, be big and strong quarterbacks and all that. Um, hasn't happened. I mean, Skyler looked very good in OTAs. He looked pretty good the first week of camp. He's looked bad since. Uh, Mike White has had his boomlet, right? Like he was not great in OTAs, not great early in camp. He had a really good week, I would say. Not, ne- not totally all last week, but Wednesday to Wednesday. Basically, he had a good stretch of seven days of practice. And then we saw him in games where, yeah, he could move between the 20s, but, man, things got really tight for him um, in, in the red zone. So the only point that I was making is is that you shouldn't have to be wedded to these two guys. It shouldn't be Skylar Thompson or Mike White or Bust, right? It shouldn't be – and particularly because this isn't – like if this was 2020 even Miami Dolphins, um, could even talk myself in 2021 Miami Dolphins – uh, I wouldn't be, you know, raising this alarm, but this is a team that needs to win, right? This is a team that can't afford to have a bad month because you have a bad month. You're probably going to miss the playoffs in this conference. The AFC is so good and so deep. The AFC East is so competitive that to me, they had the resources to do it. They could have spent money. They could have spent 10 to $12 million on a backup quarterback and gone out and gotten one of the best in the league. I don't know if they didn't do it because they didn't want Tua to feel like he was looking over his shoulder, but why the hell would a guy who just got $23 million guaranteed next year, who is clearly the, the, the teacher's pet of the head coach, like McDaniel loves the guy. Yeah. Why would that be a consideration? I just think that the, the Dolphins in a lot of ways try to do things on the cheap. And I know you have to do some things on the cheap. There's a salary cap and, and that's reality. Uh, but I think this might be a miscalculation. I think that, you know, if it was the Iron Man Brett Favre out there who never misses a game, fine. Two is going to miss time this year. If he doesn't, it's it's an anomaly of historic proportions. It really is. Okay, so a couple of points. I, I was with you at the start of the, you know, of the offseason. I thought they would invest a little more in a more veteran backup quarterback, right? For, for obvious reasons. But it has to mean something that Mike White, they didn't just sign Mike White. He was like the first signing just a few hours into the, the the whole you know negotiating window so someone in that organization really liked him right is it, it, kind of what i'm trying to read into that 
But beyond that, I think the lack of points in the preseason on you know, that first game, I think is being overblown because he did move the ball. And that's an important fact, right? Eight plays, 53 yards in the first drive to get down to the nine before that bad interception. Fine, it was a bad interception, but he moved the ball. Nine plays, 72 yards to get down to Atlanta's three. Ten plays, 75 yards, got to, I think, the six-yard line. So he was able to move the ball. Um, presumably, if he ever has to play, you know, in, in regular season action, he would have, you know, guys like Hill and Waddle and, uh, you know, the top three running backs w- would be out there with him to help with that red zone production. Um, but I think the fact he was able to move the ball with, you know, kind of the, the reserves at the skill positions doesn't, I'm not ready to hit panic there yet and look outside. I also don't know whether alternatives are out there, right? Are, are you going to bring out Carson Wentz? Is that what you're going to do? Right. So, I mean, so I don't it, know. Maybe it was a miss not going after a veteran like an Andy Dalton initially, but I don't know now what the options are. Well, the options are a, a trade for someone's number three or a waiver wire or something like that. Do you do you feel like somebody else's expendable quarterback is better than the two that you have? And that's a question I don't have the answer to. We don't know with these new rules the NFL has with you know a third quarterback being able to play but not having to be active. Uh, you, you might see more teams having them on their 53, a third quarterback because of that yeah. scenario. Uh, I personally don't think the Dolphins will if your three quarterbacks are Tua, Skylar Thompson, and Mike White. I think what they'll probably end up doing this is no, no one's told me this. It's just you know me thinking out loud. Uh, keep Mike White as number two and try to see if they can get Skylar in the practice squad because uh, he has practice squad eligibility. Uh, I don't think anyone can watch how he's performed, yeah. particularly late in camp and certainly in the preseason game, and say, wow, this is a guy that's taken a big leap forward. I think what we've seen is largely what we saw for much of 2022, which is a, with a dude with potential, like raw ability. Uh, but you, that's you've seen plenty of guys with big arms and mobility to totally flame out in the National Football League. Uh, and the point I've just been making is, like, what is your level of confidence in either Mike White or Skylar Thompson keeping this team afloat? If Tua, because let's be honest, if Tua gets concussed, odds are he's missing a month. I mean, there's, it's not going to be back in seven days type of deal. It's not. There's so much involved, and perception is reality in the National Football League. And if the perception is you keep ramming this guy back out there after he keeps getting concussed, you care about player safety. There will there will be someone who would step in, if not internally, externally, and says, dude, that guy's out a month. Like, you're not putting him back at risk. So if, 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 if your default assumption is you're going to miss time from your starting quarterback because he's given you no reason to believe that it's not going to happen. Can they survive a month of Mike White? Can they? In that division, in that conference, where you're already probably looking at six or seven losses just because the schedule is so incredibly difficult. If, if, if you're really serious about making a Super Bowl run this year, you can't have that lull. You just can't. Yeah. Um, I, I think you make a good point there. I, I think it would come down to who is available because I don't know if there will be quarterbacks available that are clear upgrades over Mike White. Um, and I also think you need to grow into Mike McDaniel's system. And Mike White, you know, will have spent the whole offseason in it. And anyone new that's being acquired, if they're not from a Kyle Shanahan-based system, there could be a learning curve there as well, which would make me a little more hesitant to add any kind of uh, veteran backup beyond Mike White and Skylar Thompson. And Thompson, like you said, it's the same thing. It's not just the slow processing after the snap. It's the slow operations pre-snap. And that has not improved at all. 
from what we saw in preseason one, um, which is a concern because, you know, as the games turn to being real games, you don't, you, you just can't have that. They have to clean that up. Um, and, and Thompson is, I guess it wasn't any better that, you know, when other quarterbacks were in there as well, that seems to be a, perhaps a Mike McDaniel thing or, or what it is, but that's something that needs to be cleaned up. And someone like Thompson is probably not the one. Yes. Go ahead, Adam. Does Mike McDaniel have too much on his plate? Yeah. Somebody else asked me that question recently, and um, th- that's a really good point and something to ponder. Um, should he have someone next to him just for like game management as well? Because, um, you know, we've seen timeout usage, right? Uh, some interesting end of half uh, decisions made. It's a, it's a fair point. Challenges haven't been great under him either. I mean, there's just yeah. been a couple of things that, like, I mean, they probably wouldn't have beaten the Bills even without the procedure penalties, but they had a chance to beat the Bills without, you know, yeah, all those did. game operation issues that they had. You do that in Arrowhead and you're going to get blown out. Like, seriously, that's, they're going to, they're, they're, they're going to step in your throats. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see um, if he has one of those grizzled old guys standing next to him on the sidelines. Don't even know who that would be at this point, but, um, you know, he, he does need someone who takes the thinking away from him some, because I don't know if it's analysis by paralysis or paralysis by an analysis, whatever the saying is, uh, but he's got to speed things up. And, and I think part of the reason is he's trying to run a team and an offense at the same time. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, Definitely something to keep an eye on as we move forward here and to see if he has the same trouble spots or, or blind spots that he had last year in his rookie year as head coach. Um, so let's go to preseason game one. Um, I know it's now, you know, we're four days after the game was played, we're taping this, but kind of what were some of your thoughts on what you saw uh, players that stood out for good and bad um, and, and kind of to, to share some of some of those observations you had from that game. Two players that needed good games, had them miles Gaskin, Eric Ekuzukama. Uh Both those guys, I would say are on the bubble to make this team. Uh, certainly Gaskin more than, than Eric, certainly. Uh, Gaston right now might be RB5 for this team. I mean, there's – and Dalvin Cook's still out there, although I think running back is at least this team's concerns right now. They have more than enough talent at that position. Um, he had a great game. Eric obviously splashed. You know, people were joking, is he the next Debo Samuel? But if you have a little Debo, I'll take, I'll take that. I'll take a little Debo. Uh, who else on offense? We talked about the quarterbacks did not splash. Uh, the offensive line – you know, look, I I think Butch Berry had a fine first game. Like the the issues that they had late on the offensive line, Tim McDaniel's point, those dudes aren't going to be on the team. Like he said that about the special teams breakdown, the punt return, like those dudes aren't going to be on the team. So, you know, when, when, when Skyler was getting rock late, some of it was him holding the ball too long, but some of it was just guys that probably shouldn't be on an NFL roster or were making bad plays. Uh, on the defensive side, it was nice to see Emmanuel Agba out there. Uh, got him a lot of work, which is surprising, uh, but not really because he didn't really play much last year. Um, you know, I, I think I think the safety battle will continue. Brandon Jones not practicing today was kind of weird. So Deshaun Elliott step right up. I mean, you you're going to have an opportunity to win that job, uh, that starting job. Uh, I thought the young corners were fine. I thought Cam Smith was excellent. Certainly he had one, I don't know if it was a bust, but he got beat once for a big play. But other than that, he was in the backfield making plays, tackles for loss, breaking up passes was good. I think Noah's been fine. Nick Monogamy's been fine the entire camp. He's not going to be spectacular, but he's better than he was the first two years. 
and um, and Peely. I think the defensive tackle yeah. was 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 pretty solid too. So did I steal all your thunder? Yeah, no. Um, well, on Ezukama, I thought you know um, he he had more burst than I thought he had, but admittedly we haven't seen him that much. Um, but when he took that you know that end around, had a little bit of acceleration that I didn't know he had. Um, and, and that's with that size that that's intriguing, right? To see how that gets used this year. Um, Devon A chain was impressive, and I thought the box score doesn't really do it justice, right? Ten carries, twenty five yards, doesn't tell the whole story. Um, a few of those carries, he had no shot from the offensive line. Um, but I think what we saw was he can run between the tackles, which people who saw him in college, you know, would say that, but to to see it with my own eyes, it was nice to see, we know he has the speed. I thought the acceleration was impressive. And I think, you know, being able to be used as a pass catcher out of the backfield, um, as a matchup nightmare, it's going to be fun to see how that gets, you know, deployed this year. I did see someone point out how, oh, he wasn't good picking up the blitz. And teams are going to look to exploit that, right? When he's back there, they're going to blitz and, and make him try to block. My counter to that would be that uh, Tour was fourth in the NFL, the NFL uh, in passer rating versus the blitz last year. According to Pro Football Reference, I, I'm not too concerned about that. Um, he'll pick apart the blitz if teams try to do that to counter the fact that they have a smaller, you know, back in the backfield. Um, Peely, like you said, I thought was exceptional. Um, he had a lot of good moments. I thought Deshaun Hand. I was watching the D-line a lot for some reason, I found myself. Um, I thought the Sean Han, uh, I'm curious to see, you know, he's a late pickup. Can he make a splash? Because, uh, you know, everyone was concerned about D-line depth uh, heading into camp. And I think they have some guys here that could uh, actually stick. Um, and the offensive line, like you said, I thought they were all fine. Robert Jones, everyone raved about his performance. Um, again, not an O-line expert, but everyone who I trust tells me that he had a great game. So I will... I will, I will take that. He wasn't noticed. So to me, that's a great game for an offensive lineman. Um, I did watch Austin Jackson closely um, and not to see him really lose a, a, a pass protection rep was, was good to see. I know it's against backups, but if he didn't look good against backups, I think, you know, that'd be a story, right? So right. let's acknowledge that he looked competent out there for the first time. Um, you know, this year we've seen him on the field. Um, oh, I, I, Channing Tyndall is another one. I think you need to, he, he was very, very active. Um, we don't really know what we have in him, right? He's kind of – last year he played only a handful of snaps on defense. Otherwise, he was special teams. Um, I think he had nine tackles and a sack. Uh, you know, so he's very active. Um, that would be good linebacker depth if uh, if this kind of – if he sticks. So we'll see how he progresses as the preseason goes. Um, but really, yeah, that the, those are my main takeaways. It's hard to read into, you know, deep in that game, you kind of – you know, to take everything with a grain of salt because those are guys that probably won't be around um, come, you know, four more weeks. Do you do you need to see the ones on Saturday? No. No? Nope. 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 I, I've seen enough. Just, you know, uh, the Waddle injury in the joint practice, the Berrios injury, which isn't major, but it's just a warning sign. You know, putting him back there on punt returns, he's going to get crunched. I, I, I don't need to. Nope. They can all stay in bubble wrap except for some offensive linemen. Um, until they play the Chargers. So you don't need to single see a single snap from Tua until week one? No. Nope. Wow. Nope. No need for that. See, I, I think I would like a series or two. I mean, just to... What are you going to gain from that, though? Because it's going to be a quick pass, right? Especially if he's out two, there with two, two, You won't two, see Armstead. Tua hasn't seen a live rush since he got concussed on December 25th, okay? I, I do think that you're going to see some hiccups in week one, uh, 
if it's been a legit nine month layoff for your quarterback. So maybe, you know, but the I don't, series of preseason action against the Texans team, you can light up, baby. <laughs> I, th- I, th- I think if you get a quarter or two out of him, that's really all you need this preseason. But the idea, again, I get your point. Injuries happen. Yeah, are you going to throw him out there without Armstead? No. No. So, to, so you're telling Armstead's going to play in the preseason as well? Yeah. Again, we're not – I understand the risk of injuries. I'm the one who, who pounds that drum more than anyone. Yeah. But you're, ta- you're talking yeah. about maybe 20 snaps over the course of the preseason. If you don't think your team can hold up for 20 snaps, you're not going to go very far anyway. It's funny. I, I'm a gambling man, but I'm still not doing that. <laughs> right? You don't think not. the team can hold up for 20 snaps. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I, I just don't see the, the, the risk reward there. It, it, it's not, it's not worth it. Just keep them all in bubble wrap and we'll see them in week one in LA. And you would be okay with a crappy first game if that's the case. I don't necessarily think it would be crappy. I, I mean, it, we've seen other players miss entire preseasons and, and they don't, you know, miss a beat come week one. So how about I, entire offenses? Like the, it would be the entire offense. <laughs> they get good practice against a very good defense of their own. Um, yes. To your point about no live reps, you know, for Tua fair concern since the last time we saw him, you know, was, was, was that game on Christmas day, but it's still just not worth it to me. I, yeah. I and I would say 90% I lean towards you. I'm playing a little bit of devil's advocate, but I could understand why they think they need to work, particularly because they look pretty bad for the last So what do you think they will do then? Uh, It depends on how this week goes. If they get their asses kicked, I think you'll see them out there. Unless they're terrified that they can't protect their quarterback. Like if if the offensive line's just getting smoked every down, maybe you don't do that. But if like, I, I, I can't tell you. It's like before you could just say, oh, the offensive line's, crap there, there there's no way anybody could function behind that. that that's not an argument right now it just feels clunky right the offense just does not feel fluid at all this, this feels very disjointed and yeah you're they're missing some key pieces obviously but every team has injuries every team will go through ups and downs you're not going to have the odds of again those four guys Tua, Tyreek, Awado and Armstead getting 68 games out of those guys is pipe dream it's not going to happen yeah at some point you got to be like all right you know we can make chicken that's out of chicken poop you know we we, yeah. we we can do it uh and i will be very encouraged if they come out and dominate on wednesday and thursday in houston if they don't we're having a totally different conversation next week okay so I was going to ask, you know, kind of what you're looking for in this upcoming week. And clearly th- th- that's what it is. Um, so, well, first, let's run through some injury updates real quick um, for this week ahead. You will be in Houston. So, everyone, be you know, be sure to check out profootballnetwork.com slash Miami hyphen Dolphins to get all of the practice reports for Wednesday, Thursday, and obviously the game on, on, on Saturday. But what are you, so some injury updates on the guys that have missed time. And then a question about someone who may not be injured, who hasn't been participating. Right. Um, so, so Cam Smith, he was out there t- on Monday, correct? Correct. Yeah. He practiced on Monday. Um, didn't really see him do a ton, but they were like, his shoulder is not at all an issue. He will be more than ready for the, for the opener. Uh, Jalen and Waddle still have not seen him yet. Uh, has an abdomen slash midsection slash ribs slash who knows but something in his torso is going on 
and also not expect him to keep him out of the opener, but he'll miss some time. Uh, beyond that, they're relatively healthy. Like I didn't see Kater Kohu today. I don't know what was going on with him. Uh, but there's n- there's nobody that they have beyond Ramsey at this point that is a true long long term concern. So I think if they get through the next two weeks, they will be at healthy team going to the opener, right? The Wednesday and Thursday are important. Obviously the preseason game, they got to get through that. I wouldn't, it wouldn't at all surprise me if this is the preseason game they ramp up for that. If we see the ones, it'll be this weekend. Um, and then the last preseason game will just be, you know, the, the, the last 25 guys in your roster out there. I mean, I really, I think that's a little day, but uh, no, I, I, I need to see consistency. I need them to the old line to hang in there. Uh, the Texans are an improved team, but they're not a good team. So, and the Falcons are, we can debate whether or not they're a good team or not. I think they're a solid team that does a lot of things well, but they're not a team that really scares anyone. Um, the Dolphins are supposed to be the team that scares people this year. Uh, and they, they really haven't so far. So, uh, yeah, I just need to see them look like the Dolphins we expect them to look like. The defense is not a concern at this point. I think the defense is going to be pretty to very good. Um, but you, you you need McDaniel's offense to give you 25 to 30 points a game. So uh, there was one guy at practice who did not participate in team drills. Uh, and that's been this way now for the past week. And that's Christian Wilkins. Um, so you, you have a column up today on the website, um, kind of pondering what's going on there. And uh, it's been floated, the idea that this could possibly be a hold in. Um, what do you think? Is there some kind of nagging injury, perhaps, that's just keeping Wilkins out of team drills, or is there something deeper here? Having not been told, um, we didn't get McDaniel today. He'll absolutely be asked about it Wednesday. He speaks prior to practice. Uh, it is not uncommon for a marquee player in a contract year to do what is called holding in which for those who are not aware, holding out so you don't show up. Holding in is you show up because you're going to get fined if you don't, but you suddenly come down with a tweaked quad or have a really bad cold you haven't been able to get over or you find some other fabricated reason not to practice as much. Uh, and he has not been in team drills now. Someone said he did like a one rep against the Falcons, like one team rep against the Falcons. Um if there was a real injury, he wouldn't be dressed for practice. Like he goes, he's going through warmups. He's going through individuals. Then when it's time to, to crank it up, he's not there. So uh, can't speak for him. Haven't talked to him in a week and a half. Uh, can't speak for McDaniel. Uh, haven't had a chance to ask him about Wilkins. But my guess is it wouldn't surprise me if this is a little gamesmanship because he, you have all the, like if you want a strong argument for extending uh, Christian Wilkins, all you need to do is play the Mike McDaniel sound bites. Like how, yeah. if he doesn't bring this intensity, our defense doesn't have it. You know, all these things, uh, heart and soul, of the defense, all these things like, okay, well pay him like that. And so my, you know, one theory is, I'm not saying this is what's going on, but one theory is, is he was determined to show the team what they have with him. Now he's maybe he's determined to show the team what they have without him that like, Hey, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to be there for you week one. I'm going to be the maniac that I always am. But, oh, yeah, there's zero reason for me to continue to put myself at risk in practice because I have no guarantees beyond the season. So um, is it, you know, do I have a problem with it? No, I don't. I think that's what he's doing right now. It's not like he's 
he's not going on Twitter and saying, pay me. I'm not, I'm not suiting up again until you pay me. He's not being a distraction. If this is what he's doing, he's just getting his point across in the only way he can right now without really um, being a huge, huge issue. Uh, he'll be there week one. He'll be fine week one. He'll be dominant week one. Uh, but I do think the Dolphins, for many reasons, should really try to get this thing done because all they're going to do, the longer it goes, is cost themselves more money. And uh, either via franchise tag, which, by the way, it's funny. They listed him as a defensive end at the first depth chart. He's a defensive yeah, shot himself in the foot. He's a defensive tackle on their roster. I don't know if that was a mistake or what, but – uh, okay, yeah, sure. I'm a defensive end. Pay me as a defensive yeah. end. The franchise tags, which is an extra million and a half, two million dollars. Um, yep. They they would be best served long term getting that deal done, so they're not they're not sweating it out in February, March. Yeah, for sure. And um, it's not like we would probably see Wilkins in the preseason anyway. Um, is there a risk that he's you know doing this hold in if he is, and if the defense doesn't miss a beat in these joint practices that that could actually hurt his case of, you know, look what you are without me because they perform just as dominant as they would be with him. Yeah, certainly it's possible. Um, but then he would have to rely on his own game tape going forward and the game tape he's, he's put out there. There's no argument that can be made. The dolphins don't miss Christian Wilkins when he's no. not in the field. So of he's, course. he's really, he's really, really good. Now shades of gray, are they not as bad as you would think without him? Maybe. Uh, but he makes that team better. Yeah, especially this year in this defense, he really has a chance to be unleashed um, from a, a pass rush perspective, which wasn't always the case previously, which is another case that for the Dolphins to probably get, try to get this done sooner rather than later. Because if he has a high sack number as well, well, that price tag is only going to go you know higher and higher. Yeah, if he puts up 10, 11, 12 sacks this year, he's going to be one of the 10 highest paid defensive players in football. There's no doubt in my yeah. mind. Okay. Well, that is it for this one. The next time we talk to you, you'll have flown to Houston, flown back, and we'll be recapping what um, should be a very um, interesting week there in Houston with a, a, a lot of storylines for the Miami Dolphins. Um, so be sure, if you haven't yet, subscribe to this podcast. Uh, and while you're there, you might as well rate and review it as well because that'll, that'll help us. If you're watching on YouTube, you know what? You should like it. That'll help us. Um, and be sure to check out profootballnetwork.com slash Miami hyphen dolphins, all of our dolphins content in one spot. It's basically Adam Beasley's world, and we're all just living in it. Adam, safe travels. We look forward to uh, your reports down in Houston, and uh, we will uh, talk to you next time. I look forward to it, my friend. All right. Thank you. We'll catch you next time on the PFN Miami Dolphins podcast.